unlocks the door we open. New parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So yeah, that was my mission. I was like, God, I'm going to find you. Um, And so really, it's really simple what I did. (laughs) Started waking up half an hour earlier and um, praying, um, spending time with Jesus, reading the Bible, having quiet times and really seeking him. And it's amazing what God has done. And it's really that simple. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I remember a few years ago, Ross Gillespie used to lead this congregation and he shared a preacher around Easter time about how our, our walk of faith is like an Easter egg hunt and how like um, the parents will like hide Easter eggs around and the children have to search for them and it's it's not meant to be like stressful, it's meant to be fun <laughs> and then you go on this journey and you look for these eggs and you find a treasure and it's so exciting and then you're like looking for the next one and and like how our journey of faith should be like that and that has come alive for me. I feel like every morning when I meet with God, I'm like, what is he going to tell me? Every Sunday, what is he going to do today? What am I going to see God do? It's just come, it's become so real. Um, So the first thing that God um, blessed me with on this journey was prophecy. So just a little bit of my background with prophecy. Um, I was probably about 11 or 12 years old. And um, at the time I was in a church with my family that was quite performative um and I think so my dad he really loves the Lord but I remember him like having this conversation me with me one day and saying like be careful of like speaking and saying God told you something when he didn't tell you that thing and so um yeah in Deuteronomy 18 verse 20 um it says but any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die and um (laughs) but it's it's like it's true, right? The God of the Old Testament is still the God we serve today, and there should really be a reverence, like, when we say that God said something. And I think, like, my dad, um, in his love of the Lord, like, really was just trying to plant, like, a seed of reverence in my heart. But I think what actually happened was it, it bred a skepticism in me. And so for many years, I struggled with, like, um, just the skepticism around prophecy and really, like, a nervousness of like, if I think I'm feeling God, like, is that really God? Um, and so in many communities, like, people would say, like, oh, God, God told me this <laughs> or that. And I would sit there going, like, but what does that mean? And ask, like, the community leaders, like, what does it mean when you say God told you something? Like, did you hear him? Like, can you explain that? And, you know, like, when God talks to you, you can't really actually explain it. So how do they answer those questions? <laughs> Shame, like, my poor com leaders <laughs> in that season. Um, but I was skeptical, and I think, like, a lot of times God tried to talk to me, and, like, I, I, yeah, I just would question and sit on pictures, and and God's released, like, he's released a trust in, like, when I, when I feel something or I, like, see a picture, it's like the, the knowing that it's from God, I, I, I feel like I can trust it because I know my heart's in the right place, and I know the Lord, and, um, yeah, so it's just kind of the fear of that's gone away and just knowing that, like, if your heart's in the right place, like, you don't have to be afraid, like, God's not going to kill you. <laughs> um, and, like, just have faith with it. And if you make a mistake, like, it's cool. God has grace for that as well, you know, and there really is a journey. And I think every, like, person who prophesies will make mistakes, and I have as well. Um, but it's a beautiful journey. And so, yeah, that's been amazing. Um, and then, so, yeah, in the beginning, God really gave me a lot of prophetic words, and then for a season, he went quiet, um, and I remember, like, being so surprised by my desperation, like, to hear God talk again, and being like, but God, why aren't you speaking to me? What's going on? Have I done something wrong? Like, Lord, search me. Like, David says, search my heart. Like, what have I done that's made you stop speaking to me? And there really wasn't anything. I think that God was really just asking me, like, will you keep coming if I'm not talking to you or you're not getting anything out of it um and so yeah I pushed through that um he broke that silence on the leaders camp um yeah I had a dream a prophetic dream for Ethan and Mariska and um that was the first time I'd heard from God in a few months at that point and um like it was quite accurate they told me it was quite accurate what I'd said but it was more for me (laughs) like I was the one who was like oh my word God's speaking to me again like this is amazing and 
Yeah, so also if you find yourself in that dry place, like where you're not hearing from God, like just keep pushing, like, yeah, just trust him and keep pushing in. Um, I've also learned about the presence of the Holy Spirit um, and what it feels like when he's around. And it really just feels like a peace. It's like a weighty peace. It's like you can almost like feel, or for me, I can feel it in my limbs. And it's like I just feel this weight of just peace, <laughs> which for me is incredible because I've got this active mind that's like always worrying and always trying to solve problems and make plans. And like, and so to feel the Holy Spirit like bring peace to you is just such a gift. Um, and Andrew did a preach a few months or maybe a year or so ago about quiet times and um, how, like, if you meet with God in the same space, like, physical space, over and over again, there's, like, a residue of his presence almost. Um, and then for my birthday, like, um, two weeks ago, actually, Andrea wrote me this copacetic letter in English. It said, very poetically, but basically it was, like, the presence of God is in your lounge. And that's where I sit and have my quiet time. <laughs> so that was so cool. Um, yeah, then ooh, the next thing is um, faith. So, um, yeah, earlier in this year, I had to have some dental work done, guys, about 10,000 rand. <laughs> Something I'd been putting off for a very long time just because of how expensive it was, and it really came to a point where I had to do it. And then around the same time, we got um, the news that our car needed a whole new clutch kit, which is also about 10,000 rand. And like 20,000 rand is out of our budget. <laughs> like we don't have spare 20,000 rand lying around. So I, I decided, I uh, was like, God, this is what we need, and I'm, I'm leaving it with you, and you come through when you will. And I think a real miracle of the story was how like the Holy Spirit really enabled me to give it to God, and like not stress about it again. And it was about a week later that he did come through for us. I got a freelance job that was more than what we needed, actually. But like, um, I, it was like in my spirit, when Ash told me, oh, like a big freelance job, I was like, but I need everything. <laughs> because God's my father and like I'm walking so closely with him, how can I not expect, expect him to give me what I need? And, like, I think when you're far from God and you're not really, like, meeting with him often and you're asking for something, it almost there's a feeling of, like, I'm asking my, like, ATM in the sky, you know, and, like, maybe he'll help me, maybe he won't. But, like, when you're near to him, it's like, I trust him. <laughs> and that's amazing. So, yeah, the real miracle of that story is how I could just hand it over. I've also um, just come to know and understand the role of the Holy Spirit. And how he really is a helper. Um, I think sometimes in leading a community, it can be very like stressful, and it's hard to like watch people you love and care for like walk around the same mountain and not ever climb it. And um, and like the Holy Spirit's really like given me like truth bombs, and like he's just given me wisdom with like specific people, specific situations of like how to pray and like how to speak and. That's also just been amazing because it's this type of wisdom I wouldn't have been able to find in myself. Um, yeah, and then my conviction story. <laughs> so I've learned the difference finally after many years between conviction and condemnation. Um, <laughs> yeah, finally. So I've struggled a lot in my journey with shame and guilt. And um, so I'll tell you guys a story of how this all happened. There was a series on Showmax, <laughs> and I watched season one about two years ago, and I loved it, and then season two came out, and I felt like God was saying, don't watch it, I don't want you to watch this, um, and I wrestled with this thing in my spirit, I was like, oh, but is it really God saying that, you know, like, it's just a series, <laughs> and you know, like, we can be quite sneaky, I think, especially as wives, um, and I... I was like, okay, I'm going to ask Ash what he thinks, because as a wife, you know, your husband, like, actually takes the sauce, or, like, what, what things he... <laughs> so, I was like, I'm going to ask Ash what he thinks, and I know that Ash is, like, a little bit more liberal than me. <laughs> so, I knew he would say, yeah, just watch it. So, he did. He said, yeah, just watch it and see how you feel. So, I watched it. <laughs> Episode one, I watched the whole episode, and then as it ended, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, if you don't repent right now, this is going to affect our relationship. And, um, yeah, I prayed, like, right there on the spot, and I repented, and um, I 
think that the, the learning for me was that it wasn't this like difficult thing of like, oh, but I really want to watch this thing and now I need to lay it down. And I feel like also like a terrible person because I did the thing. It's like, no, I'm looking at like this beautiful relationship that I have with the Holy Spirit and that's what I could lose. And that is worth so much more to me than the series, you know. So, um, yeah, I just want to read Matthew 13, 44 here. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. So it doesn't say that he like went and like had to really think about it and was like, oh, I'm so sad that I have to sell everything. He had like great joy. <laughs> he didn't think about it. He went and sold everything he had and he bought the field. <laughs> and it, it really felt like that in this moment. It was like nothing is worth this relationship that I have built with the Holy Spirit. Like I don't want to lose that for anything. And yeah, that was my moment of learning the difference between conviction and like, guilt, you know. Um, yeah, and then I've also been empowered to actually speak about Jesus. So um, I have, I've got an uncle. I've been praying for him since I was like this big, <laughs> for him to be saved. And like, though I've been praying my whole life, I've never been brave enough to talk to him about Jesus. Um, and I saw him about two weeks ago for dinner, and I spoke about Jesus to him, <laughs> which is amazing. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was so cool, and, like, he, he kind of has a relationship with Jesus, but it's not, like, I, I don't really know where he, like, where he is, and so it was, it was cool to, like, actually hear him talk back and, like, explain, like, where he's sitting with God and, like, how I can, I can pray more, and it's just amazing. Um, and also with my dad, like, I was, I was with my dad last, um, last weekend, and he was just telling me, like, how he was, like, struggling with everything. And I also said to him, like, Dad, just draw close to the Holy Spirit. Like, none of this stuff that we're facing, like, matters. Everything in this life is going to pass away. Like, just draw close to God. I've never been able to minister to people in my family like that before. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was really amazing. And then, yeah, the last thing I want to say is just, like, looking back at my own past and my own, like, journey with the church and since I moved to Cape Town 2012, um, I've struggled a lot. <laughs> After I moved to Cape Town, a lot of things went wrong for me. Like, my career didn't go the way I thought it would. I was broke. I was lonely. Um, I had a relationship that fell apart, and I was heartbroken for many years about that. And, like, I just look back at that time now, and I think, like, if I'd been walking with God the way I am now, like, how would it have been different? <laughs> you know? So, like, guys, I would encourage you, if you're walking through a season, like a dry like poor space, just draw close to God. There is so much richness and so much joy. And like it really, it, like for me, it really has been as simple as like, I'm going to wake up half an hour earlier and I'm going to go sit with God and see what he does. <laughs> so yeah, so like take this and take action. Like don't just listen to it and like let it like wash over you and be like, oh, this is a story. Like, yeah, click in. <laughs> So good. It's so encouraging when you hear what God's doing in people's hearts, eh? In their lives. Like, we've been part of that journey. We get to be part of that journey. So my, my prayer out of this is that actually some of that hunger will be caught by some of you. Actually. As I was just, Charles shared with me what she wanted to share, and I didn't, like, I was like, Lord. And as she began to share, I was like, I can see what you do. I can see what you're wanting to do in us, Lord. And hey, that conviction, and there's such a, there's such a difference between conviction and, con and condemnation. Eh? Conviction leads to life. Condemnation actually leads to death. We live in conviction that brings life. But conviction brings action. That thing, an action by faith. Like we, we were walking now. There was a conviction of a, we need to worship. There's something, God's going to do something. Okay, by faith, we're going to walk. We're going to start walking. And then it seems somebody from the world would come in here, look at us, and go, these oats are nuts. What are they doing? It's, not a, it's, it's, a, it's an action of response 
It's not a doing of get to get in a sense. And I think there's something in that, like when I was just listening to Charles' story, like in James it speaks about being doers of the word and not only hearers. So how's this for a story? And I do feel like the Lord is stirring something of, so devotion comes from what we've seen. Hunger comes from what we've seen. All of these things come from when we behold him, when we see him. And I do feel like the Lord is doing, he's calling us to that, actually. So we can sit here, we can sit here and listen and spectate and leave and nothing can change. Nothing can change. The, you, I mean, you, there was one of the things you said to me. She said all the years she sat in church and she was tired of nothing changing. Because she would go and she would not do actually what, she wouldn't do the word. The word says it's the kingdom. It's the action of the kingdom. So I, 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 this was incredible. Last Yesterday, um, I went for a run up. I live in Musenberg. I went for a run up the Musenberg Peak. And um, I get to the top of the mountain. And there's a guy. And now I'm passing people, like quite a few people there, people that on the, on the path, under a tree, in the caves, like there's these guys that go up there to pray. And I, all the way to the top, and I get there, and I see... Just before the top, there's a guy sitting on a rock reading his Bible. And uh, I go and I just feel like the Lord was speaking to me, and I go and just spend some time with him. I come down, and as I pass this guy, I start speaking to him. I say, so what are you reading? What's, what scripture are you reading? And he starts sharing with me, like, uh, what he was reading about laying down your life, actually. About not fearing man who can kill you here, but can actually fearing God that there is eternal consequence to not serving him and uh so we're just chatting a little bit uh, and i'm like so so when did you come here now this bearing in mind this is yesterday like i said to her you no 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 i came yesterday so he went up there walked up there on 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 friday afternoon this is now saturday afternoon i'm speaking to him okay (laughs) so i say so 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 how long are you here for (laughs) he says no i'm uh, I'll go down tomorrow morning just before I go to church. I'm like, okay. So I said, so the people, are you with the people? Yeah, he said, some of them in that cave at the bottom there. We, we just, we kind of slept here last night. I don't know how much sleeping they did though. So I said, what, so you guys make a fire? And you, he said, no, 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 we pray. I'm like, is that all you do? Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, we pray. We come here on Friday and we pray. He said, he comes from, I think he's in, in Philippi. He says, too much noise there, man. He says, parties, gunshots going on on the weekend. He says, it's crazy. We need to, like, we just have to get away. And I just got so cut to the heart. I just realized that we are, we miss it, man. I'm not saying he's got everything right. So I asked him, I said, what are you praying for? How's this for an answer? He goes, no, just for Jesus to keep my heart soft. That I would look more like him. And I'm like, you're kidding me. I don't even feel like I'm a Christian right now. <laughs> like, I'm like, I said, I need a church. And like, what the, like, I just, and God just spoke to me on the way down. He's like, man, we think we're devoted. We're not devoted. We've got it so easy, our cushy lives. Pray for 10 minutes and then we're tired. We get distracted and we go. And I'm not saying that's anything, but it just showed me such a devotion, such a hunger, putting faith into action. He believes, they believe. Ask him, what's the name of your church? Gospel Power Church. I was like, you know what? I bet you they probably see more power than what we do. Because I think there's something of the power of the Lord when he, people just petition him like, Lord. And I just was sitting there listening to this going, yo, man, there's more. But unless we see, unless we put into action that very thing. So Charlie's sitting there and she goes, it was conviction that led me to that place of actually going home and just waking up half an hour early. And it's not the half an hour earlier. Yeah, actually it is, but, but it isn't. You understand what I'm saying? The conviction is that which brought the life. The action was that which fulfilled the life. You know, and then God began to meet her there and began to speak to her. And it may look different for some of us, but there is something of this morning. I know some of the guys here have got a hunger to pray. And they're like, yes, they, they want to ha- hang on to this thing. And I would like, I just, six o'clock in the morning is quite early. But actually, yes, 
So some of the guys were praying here this morning, man. I'm not sleeping in a cave. But it's still, like, I mean, it's exactly, it's not sleeping in a cave. It's just coming here at 6 o'clock in the morning. These guys, like, but yet still we won't do it. And that challenged me, going, like, you've at least got a building. It's only 6 o'clock in the morning. Go and pray for an hour. You can't even do that. And I was just like, Lord, are we hungry? Are we hungry to see you move? Are we hungry to see people saved? Are we hungry to see your spirit poured out on this place? Because we don't act like it. It's like, are we passionate? Yeah. Why we worship God? Because He's good or because we're comfortable? Like, he's and it's just like, man. And I, like, there's something of that being from cut to the heart. And I actually pray that as Charlie was sharing, not by her words, but what God's done in us, that if we would actually, there would something of a hunger would grow in us. A hunger. I'm hungry. Like, and sometimes we don't know what's good for us, so we don't eat the right stuff. But God says, in faith, we do these things in faith. He talks in James, he says, steadfast. He talks about steadfastness. What's the scripture? Testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Steadfastness, and, and let steadfastness have its full effect. I was pondering on that. I was meditating a little bit on it. Like, testing of your faith. So what's faith? So when we see something, we feel something, we step out in it, like Charlie was. Her faith was tested in a season of even silence, but she, her faith was tested. What did it produce in her? Steadfastness. What is steadfastness? It's a resolute, uncon, like unwavering, convinced that this is true. She knows. She's tasted and she's seen, and she's living in a place of conviction. And I think that's, that's what I'm trusting that God's going to do in us as a people. As we minister out there in the park, it's not bells and whistles, it's this, is we want to see people drawn into the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. So, maybe, why don't you guys stand with me, actually. You know, this is one of the things, I was thinking about this yesterday, you know, I often ask people, come stand in the front, respond. Why do we do that? And that's not what brings your breakthrough or your free, like that's not it. But in doing that, it's actually showing faith. You know that. Very simple action of just going, actually, I'm, I'm either trusting for what God's going to do, so I'm going to go stand there. Like I know you can do it here, but there's a sense of I want to respond to what God wants to do. And I'm going to do that in faith. So my, this morning, I, I believe God wants to birth a hunger in us. A hunger in us. But there's going to be something when we leave this place, as we've maybe prayed for one another now, as we maybe sung another song of worship. When we leave from this place, what does that produce in us? What does the hunger produce in us? Are we just going to stay hungry for the rest of the week? <laughs> Are we? Or are we actually going... To seek it in faith. You got a word? Come on. Come on. As soon as uh, Charlene started sharing, she said that she had struggled because of a seed of cynicism planted by her dad. It was, I think, good intention, but cynicism. Immediately, I felt I needed to come and pray for people that, like me, I think are cut off by the knees for the Spirit's work in their life because of cynicism. So I, I want to, I mean, I, I, I think Ross has already invited people to come up. Um, but I just want to pray for you, if you don't mind, as one standing in that circle with you, going, God, please come and help me. I was reminded of the scripture that actually was shared with me in home group this week because I'm like a constant cynic. Um, and it, it's that, that father whose son has been struggling with an evil spirit from birth. And the disciples try and uh, cast it out and they can't. And his father comes to Jesus and he, he, um, Jesus says to them, um, you unbelieving generation, how long um, will I stay with you? How long shall I put up with this? Bring the boy to me. And they brought him to him, and um, eventually, 
And the father says, if you can, can you cast the demon out of him? <laughs> and he does. As Jesus says, everything is possible for one who believes. And the father just says, I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. And I feel like that's me. And I think that's a lot of people here. Like we're here this morning because we believe. But there's like so much unbelief in our hearts. Because of whatever. I don't know. For me, it was studying psychology and academics. I'm just cynical of everything. And so I want to just, just ask that, I don't know, I'm going to start praying. If you want to come up and be prayed with. So I think that I really feel like there's something on that, actually. So I'm going to ask us that we respond. If there is something of unbelief in us, we're desiring, we, know, we can identify that unbelief. We're struggling with that faith. There's a lack of faith in, in a sense in us. And we're actually desiring to walk in belief and faith. And we can identify that cynical thing in us that's going, I don't know if he's going to answer. I don't know. I'm going to ask you to respond. Come stand now. In that, take that step of faith. Now, I'm going to break. I'm going to ask Mark to actually pray for us. Because I think the Lord's speaking to him, and I think he's already done something in you. He's already done something in you. how to start this prayer other than to just say that that I, I believe and I have copious amounts of unbelief and I, I, I can even see where it's all come from. Father wound, not trusting you as a father, brokenness in my life, abuse in my life, academic logic around why the Holy Spirit can't move, judging Christians for seeing the Holy Spirit moving, Jealousy in my heart for wanting gifts of the Spirit that you've chosen perhaps not to give to me. I don't know what it is. And I know I'm standing here with brothers and sisters that are just desperate for you to come and, come and just work in their lives in this way. And we see this example of this Father where even the disciples couldn't, couldn't allow the Holy Spirit to work because of unbelief. I don't understand the dynamics, but I know that you are able to come and break into our hearts. I know that you can come and crack calloused hearts open. You can come and bring, bring your word and bring your life and bring your even prophecy into our hearts now. I think of that guy up on the mountain in Musaburg just wanting, just wanting you to keep his heart soft. And I pray that right now, in the name of Jesus, you would come. You would, you would come and make our hearts soft to what you, you can and will and are even doing in our life. Would you come, Lord? We, we believe. We're standing here. We've, we've come forward here in front of people unashamedly to just say, we, we believe in you and help us with our unbelief. Would you come and, and by, in, in your name, Jesus, would you help us to overcome cynicism callousness and unbelief in our hearts. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, why don't you just come and move? Just come and move right now amongst your people. Come and minister to people right now. Come minister to their hearts, Lord. Thank you for a response and obedience, Lord. As Mark prayed, Lord, we trust that things will break that are broken on people's lives right now, Jesus. That you would break the spirit of unbelief right now. You would cast it out, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. If you haven't responded, I'm just going to ask you to pray in the Spirit. Just stretch out your hands and pray. Trust that God is moving, He's working in His people right now. You've got to pray with faith too that God's doing something. Don't just go, oh, it's just words. It's not, it's power. Tremendous power is made available.
God, I just want to pray that your repentance in our hearts, where we've become the cynic, and we've put you in the dock, and we've been the judge of what you can do and what you can't do. And Father, I just pray right now that there would be such a powerful repentance from the core of our being of saying, you are God, your ways are not my ways. I can't control you, can't predict you. You don't fit nicely in a box. So I just pray for that, Lord. I just pray, lead us right now in a repentance of our hearts where we become proud, where we've, we've built up walls. I feel some of us have built up such walls of protection. We sit here every week, but we're so guarded about anything that might come and kind of ruffle our feathers. And I just pray, if that's you, just lift your hands. And I just pray, Lord, that where we've become guarded, where we put walls up around our hearts, We've almost become pragmatic and logical and rational. I just pray you break those boxes, Lord. Break those boxes, Lord. You, you're not a religious system. You, you're, a, you're a person. You're the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just pray right now we would lay down. I almost feel like some of us carry a manual in our hands of how God's supposed to work. <laughs> and we carry it around with us. And I feel right now he's saying, lay that manual on the ground. It might even be the very Bible in your own hands that you've used to try to control God's ways. Lay that down. And Lord, we want to be a people that give you full freedom to take us way out of our comfort zone. Take us way out of our comfort zone. Come and break just a fear fear of embarrassment, of shame, of self-preservation, of trying to look good and put together in front of people. I pray, Lord, that we would say we want to be fools for Christ. I'll be a fool for the sake of Christ. Throw off my reputation. So come, Holy Spirit.
God. Yeah, I just want to pray, Father God, that you just break in and into this place of feeling unworthy and like trying to come and meet you and knowing that I just need you, Father God, that we all just need you. It's often so difficult to just come to you and get up and do, like Charlie said, just get up in the mornings and come to you, Father God, and feeling like, why are you not meeting with me? Why, why do I not feel you, Holy Spirit? And like asking for you. And yeah, I just want to repent, Father, of, of doubting your work, doubting what you can do. Um, yeah, and I just want to pray and ask that you'll give me faith and give us faith for, for your work, Holy Spirit. Father God, that you will move, that you can move. Um, yeah, just give us faith. And break that feeling of unworthiness, Father God. Show us your Father heart. Yes, Father God. I think just what Steph shared now about unworthiness... I feel that is a huge root. So if there's anyone that's encountered feelings of un, I'm unworthy or God is loving other people basically more than he loves me, is that anyone who has felt unworthiness? We'd love to pray with you in the front. I think that's a real root issue. those of you who are sitting in your chairs, I want to ask you just to speak to me too loud. A lot of guys are still being prayed for. If you do need to go though, please quietly, maybe just out the back where it's possible, but just keep your conversation down because the guys, are, it's still quite a lot of guys being prayed for. So people are still responding. But if you do need to go, I do, I do understand. 